What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Fred Moore. I'm your host. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Uh, I'm, I'm actually on my way up to work this morning. It's five o'clock in the morning. It's dark out. And uh, I wanted to try this one out and see how it went as far as um, talking to you at this time of the morning, see how my mind works and what kind of information I assimilate as as uh, the early morning of the hours kick in here. So I did have something in mind that I wanted to talk to you about, and it involves what's going on nowadays with uh, the riots and everything like that. So, let's start off with where the inspiration comes from. Um, I'm going to give the credit to Jocko Willink, who was just recently on the Joe Rogan podcast. And they had a really good discussion. And if some of you out there are Jocko Willink fans, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know who he is, um, he's a really good guy. And, um, you know, I, after what he was talking about, Joe Rogan, I feel like he should be the president of the United States. He's a, uh, former Navy SEAL. He's an author. Um, he has written a bunch of books. He writes children's books with the way of the warrior kid. I read them with my daughter all the time. And uh, his uh, other books are like Extreme Ownership and um, he's got uh, another one, Dichotomy of Leadership. He's got a few of them. So he was talking about something that at the end, or not at the end, but somewhere in the middle of him talking about all these things, he, uh, Joe Rogan says, I don't hear anybody else talking about this. You're the only one that's saying this. And, you know, that was it. And then they, the conversation kept, continued on. And I thought to myself, well, maybe that's what needs to happen. More people need to talk about this then. So Jocko um, started it, tip of the spear, so to speak. And now I'm, I'm going to talk about this. So what he was saying was... He was really, he's really good at breaking down the situation of anything down to the psychological human elements. And he, he always reminds us, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, whether it's business, war, you know, he was in war, you know, and he, he does business now, um, that people are, are, are humans and subject to everything that any other human is subject to emotions, fear, guilt, um, you know, anxiety, whatever, whatever, right? They're, they're, um, they're not machines. Okay. And I think with the police right now, everybody's, everybody's expecting them to behave and do a certain way. And Although expectations, there should be expectations and the police should live 
their and work to their standards that are set. At the same time, we got to be careful how we approach this because again, they're human beings <clears throat> and they're subject to a lot of problems. And Jocko pointed out some things that I've been saying for a very long time. It's with the fire service too. Um, is is like basically stress can really screw you up. A, a cop is a career. Um, you know, you're in a career. It's it's a long period of time. Cops work 20, 25, 30 years. And they're they're subject to the same things everybody else is subject to. Look at look at all the people that are out there right now who are dealing with some kind of traumatic stress due to um, you know pick pick anything out of a hat. Is it uh, a death of a family member? Is it a, a major illness of a family member? Is it financial problems? Is it divorce? Is it, um, you know, problems with their, their kids? You know, there's always some kind of like, like stress, right? And they have to be able to function in this really dangerous career that, you know, people take for granted, I think. The fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter where you're a cop, it's a hard job. You could see how hard it is. If, if you're having trouble understanding how hard it is to be a cop, look at what's going on right now. Um, you have to be able to make split decision seconds, uh, split, split second, oof, wow. Let me take a sip of coffee here. Hold on a second. 5 a.m. You have to be able to make decisions in seconds. And these decisions can literally uh, be life or death. And a cop who's young, 27, that's young, right? Scared for his life. Um... Scared, scared that he might not go home. Even for a split second, that's a, that's long enough where that fear controls him, and he pulls out a gun and shoots somebody in the back. And it, you know, we can sit here and debate whether it's right or wrong. Um, and fine, you know, we'll say it's wrong. Now what? Does, did that solve the problem? No. What we got to do is figure out what police need so they can make this, make better decisions. Um. So Jocko pointed out some simple things that, and this is stuff that I've been saying for a long time myself. The training that they go through is not, it's minimal. It's all minimal, okay? It's it's the same for the fire department too, you know? They give you enough 
information, enough practice so that you can come out of the academy, go on the line, and then the rest of it you're, you learn from the senior guys, okay? When it comes to policing, you know, I think, it, if again, you could watch the podcast, I recommend it, you know, Jocko says, cops get four or five hours of um, hand-to-hand combat training a year. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous, all right? Um, And then they're talking about defunding the police, and it's a very general sort of like, hey, let's, let's defund the police, like... And that's, oh God, I could go all over the place here. It, just real side note here. If if there's something you want to do, <laughs> like defund the police, nobody's saying you can't, you can't bring that up and, pro, you know, protest or petition. No, maybe the police departments do have amazingly huge budgets and they don't need all that money. Maybe that's the case. But just randomly saying defund the police just doesn't, it goes nowhere because you're saying defund the police and then there's the scared citizen who likes their police going, no, don't take away my police. See what I just said there? I know what you guys mean, defund the police. Like instead of a billion dollars, this department gets a half a billion dollars and then the rest of it goes toward education. I've been saying that when it, when it comes to the military, I've been saying that since I was, I don't, I don't even know, I might have been like 15 years old when I realized. What, I, I think I was 15 years old when the Tomahawk cruise missiles were first uh, uh, put out into the public. They said, yeah, we got these things called Tomahawk cruise missiles. They cost $1 million a piece. And the USS whatever has 20 of them. So that's $20 million. And I would say, well, what if they only had 19 of them and you took that other one, you didn't build it and you took the million dollars and you did a lottery and you gave the million dollars to um, a school system that's really, really in bad shape and needs money and needs to hire teachers and or something like that. What if you did that? Would that make us less weak of a military if that ship didn't have 20 but had 19 missiles you you get what i'm saying like it sounds so simple like duh like yeah the military budget um i think education gets 10 cents of every dollar that's collected okay and the military budget gets like i don't know 75 cents or whatever And, you know, of course, everybody's scared because we need protection from the bad guys. And, uh, you know, that's a whole other thing that we could get into. Um, Yeah, it's another podcast. But, so I agree. Like, you could look at budgets in in our bureaucracy and say, oh, they don't need all this money. We We could repurpose this money. I agree. And, but here's the thing where you're now you're going to, if you're into the defund police idea, now you're going to have a problem with what I'm saying. The police don't need to be defunded. It should be the opposite. There should be more money put into policing. 
That's right, more money. Uh, their salaries should be higher. Cops do not get paid a lot of money, all right? In order for somebody to make that decision to go into policing, um, they're going into it knowing that they're putting their life on the line. Um, and nowadays, not only their life, but they make one wrong decision, they're getting the book thrown at them. Um, and they can, it could ruin their careers forever. I mean, what do you do with a, what do you do with a, a person who's got, say, 15, 20 years on the job, they're halfway through their career, they make a, a bad mistake, and they get fired from the job? Where do they go work after that? Nowhere. They don't have any other skills. Okay? They know how to police. So maybe they become a security guard. I, I don't know. Um, which, is, which is fine. You know, they, they can find something. I'm just saying... You know, it, it, you got to think about, they, they got to be thinking about what am I going to do the rest of my life? So, um, yeah, they, they, the defunding is, is not smart. What, what should be, they, they have enough money, I think, in their budgets. Okay, because we know how governments play. They very, very... They like their budgets. And, you know, I mean, just from the little bit that I see, you know, is like um, the, a city will have a sanitation budget of, you know, say um, $10 million. And they only use $6 million of it. What do they do with the other $4 million? Well, you know, when nobody's looking, maybe they use that money to go build something else or whatever, or they use it to pay salaries. It's not really what it was intended for. Um, and there's always that little shell game. Well, we're never going to get this much money for that. The taxpayers won't do it, but we could take the money from somewhere else. We know that they play that game all the time. Um, so the police, what you can do is you, you train them better. And by training them better, again, these are guys and girls who are going into the career in their 20s, sometimes right out of high school. Sometimes they do a little bit of college, okay? They do have plans and ideas and thoughts to succeed and do better. They want to go up the ladder, take the test, get promoted to the next rank, um, they have ambitions and everything like that. Sometimes they do a little time in uh, law enforcement and then they become lawyers, whatever. Um, but the thing is, is if they're expected to go out and, and do the right thing with the public, which I am not arguing with, okay? I, I, like, I don't want this podcast to be considered like I'm defending the cops to the hilt or something like that. I'm, I'm never going to do that with anything because that's not what I do with myself. I, you know, my daughter could come to me and say, hey, you know, look, I, I got an A. And I'll, definitely, great, you're awesome. We're going to go out for ice cream. You got an A. And then at the right time, I'm going to say, hey, you know how you got that A? That was awesome. Uh, keep doing that and see if you can get two A's. 
You know what I mean? Like say it in the most encouraging way. We could always do better. Me, myself, I could do better. I could always do better with my podcasts. I could always do better on the fire ground. I could always do better as a captain. We could always do better. The police can definitely do better. Okay? So what they need is good training, hand-to-hand combat training, where they're very skilled at using... Uh, just enough force, non-lethal, okay? And that means they got to get trained more than four or five hours a year, you know? They need to train all the time. If you watch all your favorite kung fu movies and all that stuff, the, the master became the master because he trained every day from morning till night, okay? There's no reason in why in a, in a police officer's day They can't be taken off the line for two or three hours to decompress, talk to somebody who's good at what they do, talk about stress, talk about how to deal with stress, and then do some hand-to-hand combat training and do some practical physical therapy, personal, um, ah, five o'clock in the morning, Um, do some practical, you know, physical exercise, you know. Cops should be hitting the weights, running, you know, um, practicing wrestling and, and BJJ and MMA stuff. They should be learning, you know, how to really work with their handguns, everything. This is all important stuff. And, you know, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And it turns out the more you do something, the more confident you are. That helps in other things, you know? So, uh, it, it just cascades through the whole system. Get get more of the police out and connecting with the public. That's another thing. But that all requires a little bit of money because you need to take cops. Okay, you don't necessarily have a cop who's on duty go to a school and hang out with kids and talk to him for an hour. That Because he's on duty. If he gets a call, he has to leave. So you're going to have to pay a cop to go and do that. So you're going to need money for that. You're going to need money for all this stuff. You're also going to need some type of public ad campaign. And Jocko, on the podcast with Joe Rogan, pointed this out, that a lot of people don't even know what to do if they get into something with the police. Okay, in some instances, a young guy is driving down the street, maybe he's 17, 18, 19 years old, and all he's been ever told was if the cops pull you over, they got guns, they shoot you, and they kill you. You know, something crazy like that. And now the... um, the kids getting pulled over, freaking out, resisting arrest, and everybody's wondering why. How about you know a legitimate public ad campaign? Like, hey, look, this is this is what's going on in a policeman's mind, okay? And you need to know that because they're humans. You know, police. If I was a cop, if I was a cop, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, you know, let, let's just say let's. I don't know how. Uh, we're 19 minutes and 39 seconds into this podcast, and now I'm going to get right to the one line or the one thing that you can isolate this all down to. If I was a cop, 
the first thing I would think when I was pulling somebody over was, is, is this going to turn into a situation where I'm getting shot at? Is this a situation where I am now about to engage with a criminal? Is this person intoxicated? Like, right off the bat, you're a cop. It's nature of the job to be suspicious, right? Like, I'm a little suspicious here of who this person is. Like, look at look at their car. Look what they just did. Notice they were speeding, and when I pulled them over, they they moved their hands. I could see I could see their head moving around a lot. It looks like something weird is going on. Are they hiding a gun? Are they hiding drugs? Do they have a warrant? Are they going to, are they going to, um, cooperate with me or is it going to be craziness? And the reason why I point that out is if you go into your, if you go into a situation with a mindset that everything's going to be jacked up, then it's real easy to get jacked up. All right. Now, if you want a, an analogy to go off of, to maybe help better understand what it might be like, um, when I would sometimes come home from the firehouse, right, stressful shift and not much sleep, my mind state would not be right. And it took me a long time to really accept that, to accept that I'm just a human being and I could potentially be not my best and I would walk in through the door to greet my family but I would have it in the back of my mind that um, it's going to be pandemonium when I walk through the door I'm already in a high anxious state and I'm low on sleep and all I want to do is just go pass out on the couch and I'm thinking who knows what's going to happen here and um I walk in the door and nothing major is going on, but because I'm already expecting stuff to go on and I'm already in that anxious state, the littlest thing kind of sets me off. And then my wife's like, what's, what's your problem? I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. It's not a big deal. Why am I, you know, oh, the garbage wasn't taken out. Who cares? Is my family healthy, happy, and safe? Are the bills being paid? Are we going to go to the beach today? Yeah. Why am I Why am I freaking out? Because the garbage isn't taken out. The house is a mess. Yeah, the house is a mess. I got a little kid running around. Of course the house is a mess. Okay? So, it's the same thing. You know, so you got you to be able to clear your mind before you walk in the door and say, okay, this is, you know, I'm not at work anymore. Leave that shit behind. Now, the cops, on the other hand, they're working you know, four or five days straight, 10 hour, 12 hour days. Okay. Um, they might have something going on at home to begin with. That's stressful. That's on their minds they are distracted. And then they're heading back into work shift after shift. And every time they put on their uniform and head out to work, they always expect what bad stuff to happen. That's their job. They are there for when people are having the worst day of their life. They're not there for any other reason, okay? That's what they are ex expecting. And 
they know what their job is. Their job is to, you know, figure out if people are doing bad things and, you know, do their job. Their job is to stop people from doing bad things. And so imagine you're pulling over a car and you see something shifty, some, somebody doing something shifty. When you approach the car, you're, you know, you, you know, you see it on TV, a, a guy pulling a gun out, shooting at a cop right on the side of the highway. There's tons of videos. Okay. Not to mention the fact that pulling a car over on the side of a highway is dangerous for the cop. They can get hit by the car. So there's so many things that are, it's danger. It's just danger. When a person is in a place of danger, they're, the way their body reacts is different than a relaxed person, okay? When you are suspecting danger, when you are su suspecting getting hurt, where your life might be on the line, you're operating in a different state, okay? And, you know, after a while, shift after shift, that burns you out that burns you out. That's like getting in your pickup truck every morning and going 100 miles an hour up the highway. You know, after a while, the, the your mechanic's like, what do you do to this truck? I, it's like, they beat the shit out of it. It's like, well, I just drive it 100 miles an hour every friggin' day. Like, why? Like, can't you just take it easy, you know? So, um, people need to be aware of that. I, as a fireman, I have identification that states I'm a fireman. And because I'm a fireman, I obviously have been scoped out by the, by the municipality. And they know I'm, I don't have a, a criminal record. They know who I am. I'm vetted, right? So if I present ID to a police officer and they trust that I'm a fireman... They relaxed a little bit, but you can't relax all the way because what if I'm faking it? What if I have fake ID? What if they're missing something? What if I'm um, a fireman who just lost his mind, right? And now I'm doing crazy stuff. You know, um, a, a cop pulling over just a complete random stranger that they don't know and they know that people lose their shit all the time. You're dealing with such an unknown, and it's all the, and it and it's constant. Okay, it's constant. Um, and then you think about like the military, like well, military is like that. It is, but it isn't like the military. Like you know, when you're in a safe area, it's like hey, we're pulling back, we're going back to base. You're we're in base. You know, there's no bad guys around us. Um, you're not going anywhere for the next three days, but we're going back out on a mission. So get ready. So yeah, you're going to have that in the, in the back of your mind that we're going back out on a mission, but you got the next three days where you don't have to be in a high alert state. Then when you get out there, you're in a high alert state. And then after X amount of time, you know, their leadership has to say, hey, we got to get these guys out of here. They've been out here for too long and they've been in a high alert state. They're burning out. Let's get them back to base so they can decompress before guys start frigging losing their minds, you know? So, um, you know, with the police department, yeah, they can decompress when they leave their shift, 
but they already spent 12 hours on shift in this high tension state and now they're they have to unwind somehow they're tired they still have to make dinner they have to pay the bills the roof is leaking um his wife sits him down and says hey you know our relationship's been horrible lately and you know um i'm starting to have a concern um you know that you know we might have to get divorced i don't want to do that but you know imagine all this shit happening um you know uh you know, after your shift and then you're supposed to like unwind, you know, so there's no real, I don't think there's good support for the police at all. Um, there's a lot of them that are walking around with PTSD. They don't even know it or they won't admit it because if they admit it, they're afraid they might lose their job. It's the same thing with the fire department. There was this point at which where firefighters would, um, wouldn't want to go get their hearts checked because they thought, if they did, that they would um, lose their job if there's a problem. So they came up with somebody came up with something, and it's an anonymous program where you could where firefighters and cops and stuff they could go and they could get their, a complete checkup. And if they find something wrong with you, it's your own personal business, which it should be anyway. It's a HIPAA violation, right? But but you got to figure the kind of job that we do, you know. It's, it, you know, when firefighters go down, 50% of firefighter deaths on the fire ground are cardiovascular. So it's, you know, this is stuff that, that needs to be, um, I don't know, shared. I mean, people that you work with got to know, like, hey, man, I, I have a heart problem, you know. Oh, okay, yeah, we, um, we, maybe we got to find a different... Uh, job for you on the fire ground. Maybe we could keep you outside and you could like put ladders up or something, you know. Uh, but but it used to be guys were afraid they were going to lose their job. So, as far as stress is concerned and 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 traumatic um, things, trauma happens to people all the time, and most people don't even know what it is, and it's pretty much simple trauma is reliving a memory over and over again and not moving on um and for some people it's very hard for them to do that and the thing is when you're reliving a memory over and over again you're living it's not just it's not just remembering it okay it's not just remembering it it's actually going back to it as if it's happening again so the same hormonal responses occur, the same stress hormones are released, and the same feelings are released. So now imagine a, a cop who maybe has seen quite a few dead people, um, seen, uh, well, I'll give you an example of some of the stuff that I've seen that bothers me, is when I go into uh, homes and I see, you know, parents on drugs, not taking care of their kids and their kids are like trying to eat a can of baked beans and they can't open a can, you know, and they're starving and all they want to do is open a can of baked beans, but they can't. So they're like, Hey, let's just put the whole can on the stove and try to heat it up. And I don't know, it'll just magically open their kids. Right? They're doing, they're just doing whatever they, they, they noticed that if, 
you put something on the stove, it gets warm, and maybe we could, you know, some crazy like that. I don't, I don't even want to know what happens if you put a can of baked beans on an oven, okay? Uh, eventually, I would think it would explode or something like that. All right, but I, I saw something once in that realm that disturbed me, that here we are in this modern-day society, and uh, opiate drugs are running rampant through the culture, and to me, it seems as if these opiate drugs are there on purpose. Um, I cannot believe how, how bad it is. And I, I know I'm saying stuff that's controversial right now, but I can't believe that there's that much opiates out there that, and it's, it's just haywire. You know, the overdosing is crazy. I mean, two parents on drugs at the same time with a little kid trying to open up baked beans. It's, it's, it's friggin', it's traumatizing, okay? Because I wonder what kind of future that kid has, okay? And, um... I could go back and I could relive every moment and then I could feel that animosity. I could feel that anxiety. And then how do you think I'm going to act the rest of the, you know, for the next hour or two after we leave that call or not after that call, but if I have the thought and I have the memory and I relive it, how do you think I'm going to behave at that moment? If somebody says something to me, maybe I'm going to be operating from that very anxious state. And I said, what's your problem? And I, I don't know. What is my problem? Why am I acting like that? Living um, a dreadful thought. So this happens to cops a lot. And um, I can relate to it because I just gave you one of my relatable stories. So at the end of the day, um, there's you got to go with the premise. And, and again, go listen to the podcast, Jocko Willink and Joe Rogan. Uh, the most recent one, because he says it right there too. 95% of the people out there are good people. Um, and you know what? It's not like everybody really is out to get each other. Most people just want to live their lives. They just want to have a normal life. They want to be able to go to work, come home, see their family, and take care of business, and that's it. And um, I don't know. Right now, it is like crazy with division and people at each other's throats. And, and, and uh, they talked about this in a podcast, too, that everybody is in agreement that the police brutality we saw with George Floyd was incomprehensible and that it was disgusting. There's not one person out there that's saying, oh, that guy deserved it. They're, pretty much everybody is saying yeah, that was that was messed up, man. That was messed up. That shit can't keep happening. And yet, we're all still at division with each other. So, you know, when somebody says black lives matter and the other person yells all lives matter, that becomes a point of contention. Like, and then they fight with each other. Like, so you're saying black lives matter. I'm saying all lives matter. And now me and you are arguing over... <laughs> Oh, you're arguing over that? That is, that is like arguing over. Like, you're actually both on the same page. So why are you arguing? There was an old Star Trek, a Star Trek episode from the 1960s, and they come across this planet that had aliens on it. They they always come across these aliens, and one there was two two different 
groups. They were both literally right down the, the midline of their body. They were half black and half white. Except one group was half black on the left, half white on the right. And then the other group was half white on the left and half black on the right. And they like hated each other. And Captain Kirk is like, dude, what is going on here? You guys are, what? I don't even understand why you guys, you're the same. And they're like, what do you mean we're the same? Look, he's half black on his left side and I'm half white on my left side. So we're not the same. And Kirk is like, what? Are you kidding me? Like that's, <laughs> you're basically the same thing. Like who cares? And yet, no, no, we are we are totally different from each other, and we're going to fight and argue and hate each other forever and ever and ever. And Captain Kirk's like, yeah, you know, finally he he cools them out and he makes them realize like they don't need to to fight. Um, that's that's what it's like now. We're fighting over menial differences, half black, half white. It's man versus woman now. <laughs> Dems versus repubs. Uh, cops are bad. They all, you know, they're all brutal and corrupt. It's it's not getting us anywhere. All right. Um. So I think like defund the police is is a little. Uh, off the mark a little bit. I think it should be like the. I think the slogan should be more like do do a lot better with the police. That's a, that's the slogan. I, can I put that on a shirt? Do a lot better with the police. The police need more support. Okay. They should be paid more. Okay. It should be a much a, a, a much better paid job. And. And okay, you know, you want you want upstanding individuals, people who who actually make the cut. Okay, so you know, most police departments nowadays they got you got to have at least some kind of college. All right, so I don't know if that's across the board, but that should be across the board. Um, you could do the same thing with the fire service, right? It just goes to show, like, hey, you you put in some effort to increase your education level a little bit. Um, and it just, if you, if you have the ability to knock out two, three years of college, then, then it shows that you have the ability to do work and be disciplined. And, you know, we need to create better citizens and, and, and this goes for politicians too. Um, I'm going to steal something else about steal if whatever you call it. Um, George Carlin, the, the late comedian, he, you know, he always was good for a tongue lashing. And, uh, you know, he, be, he, he was merciless, man. He beat up everybody, man. You walked out of there like, damn, man, he got me good. At some point he gets everybody. And people complain about politicians all the time. Oh, politicians, oh, they all lie. They're all cheaters. They're all corrupt. Yes, this is true. But what are you complaining about them for? You are the ones who voted for them. 
And he had a joke where he would say, I don't vote. And he goes, you see, everybody gets it wrong. They say, hey, I voted. I have a right to complain. If you didn't vote, you have no right to complain. Do you ever hear that one? That's, that's always a uh, good one, right? And I liked, what he, I liked what he ended up saying. He said, well, actually, it should be the other way around. If you vote, you have no right to complain because you're the one who put them there. It's your fault. I, on the other hand, who stayed home on election day, um, I didn't put the guy in the office or the woman in office, so I get to complain. It's an interesting way to look at it. But it's like, yeah, those politicians are there because we voted them in. Okay, garbage in, garbage out. And it's not, it's not, they didn't do something. They, you, all you did was say, yeah, I like that guy. Click and you voted for him. Well, what'd you do that for? Now you're going to complain that he's corrupt. Well, I didn't know he was corrupt. You didn't know. You didn't know. You keep voting for the politicians that they... I'm saying they and making air um, quotes right now. They give you a choice. President, uh, previous 2016 presidential election. You could choose Hillary Clinton or you could choose Donald Trump. Well, I don't want either one of them. Well, tough. That, that's, that's what we're offering. That's where the problem is. <laughs> that's, the, that's where the problem is. I guarantee you, you offered Jocko Willink up there along with those two. Jocko would get a, line, a, good, a good amount of the vote. I don't know if he would win. Yeah, I think he would win if he had the same money and everything. He was able to get, you know, get the same message out. Um... But they don't give you actual real choice. You know, it's an illusion of choice. You're going to get pretty much the same crap year, uh, election after election. And politicians got it all sewn up. It's a club. Uh, and voters and people in general are lazy as hell and apathetic. Most of them don't vote. The ones that do go vote, they have a belief system that they have to adhere to as if it's like... I don't know what happened. What like what would happen if you decided not to vote your party line? Oh, you know what? I've been voting Democrat for the past 25 years and this time I voted Republican. What? Lightning is going to streak out of the sky and kill you dead. I mean, you know, their belief system is just you know, and that's and that's another thing I I don't argue with politics politics anymore because people want to believe what they want to believe and God forbid you should say something negative about somebody they voted for it's as if you're frigging um, attacking them personally and I I just don't get it I don't I don't see how people can have that much emotional investment in an individual that they don't know. And they think they know because, oh, well, I've been following him a long time and he's a good speaker and everything. Like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, I can, I can go do speeches too and talk about how I'm going to change the world. doesn't necessarily mean 
I'm going to really do it. You know, I'm just going to say whatever I need to say to get voted in. And then you're going to friggin' back me up because you voted for me and now you have to defend your vote. And that's, that's where a lot of this shit goes wrong. People have, they dig in and they have to defend their beliefs. They have to defend their system. They have to defend themselves. They don't want to be called wrong. And people shouldn't be called wrong. Somebody who voted for somebody else, somebody who thinks, uh, you know, one way or another, it's, they're not wrong. They're entitled to think what they want. And for the most part, people should be more open-minded when they start to feel like they're deep, deep, deep into their belief system. They sh- first thing they should do is say, I need to shake it up a little bit. Um, I need somebody to, to offer a different set of beliefs to, um, basically hit me in the face with, to shake me up. Um, you know, I, I try to accept new ideas that are uncomfortable all the time and I struggle all the time, uh, with trying to accept those beliefs because I don't want to become entrenched with a set of beliefs that later on will lead me to, to the slaughter. You know, um, young people have a certain ability to see the world that old people don't. Old people have a certain ability to see the world as young people don't. And, you know, unfortunately, nowadays, somebody's old, ah, they're old, conservative, da, 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 they believe, yeah, we need to shake it up. Like, no, man, everybody's at each other's throat. Our young people are so idealistic. If they, they just think they can wave a magic wand and uh, they could change the world. And it's like, I like that. I like that, that young people think that. That's energy, man. Um... And then the old people who are halfway there say, well, we, sh- we need to channel that young energy into something useful. Uh, here we go. Here we go. We're going to start playing games. So it is um, potentially a, a, a ticking time bomb all the time with people arguing and fighting, and there's never an agreement in anything. The fact of the matter is, is that we need the police. We need the fire department. We need... We need these uh, emergency services in place at all times because it is a dangerous, screwed up world. And um, I like knowing that if my house is on fire, I could call the fire department and they'll be there really quick. And I like knowing if I hear a bump in the middle of the night, a cop will be there really quick. And I could say, hey, I hear something. I'm scared. And, you know, you know, they go chase that raccoon away from my garbage can. Um, end, of the sto- end, end of the story here is that I just feel like I wanted to carry on that same message. Go listen to the podcast with Jocko Willink and Joe Rogan. You'll see what I'm saying. They broke it down into a shorter clip. I think it's about 20 minutes long. That's the gist of it. You can find that clip and really enjoy it and see what Jocko's talking about because it makes sense, okay? So whatever I'm saying, you know, if it's unclear or, you know, you're like, well, where's this guy coming from? That's where you could kind of get a better feel for it. And, you know, take into account that, um, I drove up five o'clock this morning to do this podcast. Um, little could have used a little bit more sleep and, um, I'm shooting from the hip. So, Hopefully, uh, this all makes sense. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to support the sponsors of the podcast. 
go to VintageStrengthTraining.com. Valerie Pulowski is the, uh, the owner-operator. She's a kettlebell champ. She runs a really, gro- really good fitness program over there. Vintage Strength Training. Vintage Strength Training. Check it out. Um, go to macefit.com and you could get like um, like for 30 bucks you could get like a, a workout program for um, I don't know what his certification is, Frank DeMeo's certification at Macefit. I'm not sure what he's charged for that right now but um, we do have a discount code it's Macefit2020 and you you get um, a coaching call with Frank and some other stuff. Check that out. Um, Addicts, addictsclub.com. Use the discount code SMN2020 and you can get a discount on an Addicts Club or Mace. Go to Graziello Coffee Company. Use the discount code MACENATION15. Get 15% off a bag of coffee. And don't forget about good old Ongo Energy Spray. The caffeine spray in a bottle, three sprays in your mouth, delivers 75 milligrams of caffeine into your mouth zone. And um, it's like cheap for a little bottle, lasts you a while. And um, use discount code SteelMace25 for 25% off. Thank you to all the sponsors. Uh, Support them. They are real, they are awesome, and they are cool. Go to steelmacenation.com for a bunch of stuff. Got a workout program over there. More than one, actually. Uh, Got the 21-day Steel Mace Challenge. Uh, Got follow-along workout videos. And uh, I released a certification. Uh, Got a few people out there in the world right now who either completed the certification or are in the process of feedback is they all love it so you could go to get uh, steel mace nation certified it's my own unique program um you know i'll get more into that as uh, the website gets more developed right now um if you go on the pot if you go on the website i don't even know if it's working 100 percent. be honest with you um i'm just waiting for the website guy to give me the full green light right now i'm gonna say it's like a yellow light but you could go there and see most of the stuff, but you can contact me. You guys know how to contact me. DM me, shoot me an email, go on my YouTube, subscribe. You can hit me up over there. Go to SoundCloud, go to Stitcher, go to iTunes, write a review. Hook it up, please. Let, let people know that the podcast is out there. Uh, I enjoy doing this and it's a lot of fun and um, I hope you do enjoy it as well. All right, guys. I am at the firehouse. How do you like that? I pulled out at the start of the podcast in my driveway, and now I'm at the firehouse, and I'm in park. So perfect. Took me 51 minutes and six seconds. See you guys at the next episode.